0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 12th day of July. I'm Paul White. I'm so happy you are with me today. Thank you to all of you who reach out from time to time. Let us know what the DDP means to you. It becomes uh, so easy to kind of get inside your own head doing this. You just got a microphone in front of you and a laptop and a Bible, and you record it. You put it out there, and you wait and see. And I record them at least a week in advance, so sometimes, you know, you don't even... You're not really thinking about the time, the context of the of the world around you. You're just doing them, and and then some of you reach out, and it means so much. If you've never reached out, I'd love to hear from you. Our email address for the podcast listener is ddp at paulwhiteministries.com. dot com. I would love to hear from you. It can be a question. It can just be a hey. I've been listening for five years. Hey, I just started listening. Um, this blessed me. i enjoyed this. I'd love to hear some more on this. Have you explored this topic? Any of that stuff um, really blesses me. I love to hear uh, how you found us, where you're from. It just gives me a little connection, it lets me know that person's out there and we got to go today. I got to go. I got to record because that person is out there listening and they're waiting for the podcast and it's going to be a little bit part of their day. It's going to be a little seven or eight minutes that lets them just sort of get into this little zone where they get to hear some fresh bread. They get to do what they want with it. And sometimes it's not going to do much with them, for them, because let's be honest, that's the way it is. But someday it's going to say something profound to them. It's going to bless them. It's going to inspire them. It, it's going to lead to something greater. And uh, I love being a part of that. So thank you for letting me be a part of that in your life. And I'd love to hear from you. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 10. It has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's where we were yesterday, who abolished, has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. I closed with the following question. What if death, through the biblical definition, means something else? I don't mean to insinuate I'm right, and I don't mean to insinuate that's the only way to look at this. I'm just asking a question. We're going to explore it today. And that is, what if death, as understood in the Bible, is different than we understand it? And the reason that I ask this is obviously Jesus Christ has abolished death. People still die. So what does it mean that Jesus abolished death? And I stack that on top of what Jesus said when he talked about death. Jesus talked about a dead man in John at Lazarus's tomb that the dead believe on Jesus, that though he is dead, yet shall he live. You believe on me, though a man is dead, yet shall he live. And the indication, I mean, the immediate result of that is Lazarus lives. Now, we know that Jesus doesn't walk over to Lazarus's tomb and whisper into the tomb and go, hey, Lazarus, if you'll believe, I'll bring you to life. That's not even, that doesn't make any sense. And we also know that it's not Mary and Martha's faith that pulls Lazarus out of the tomb because if we don't have any indication that they're believing that Jesus is going to raise him from the dead then. Martha goes, oh, he'll get resurrected someday in the resurrection. And then Jesus goes, I am that resurrection. So it's not Lazarus's faith that does it. And it's not Mary and Martha's faith that does it. It's Jesus that does it. So he can obviously override your faith. He can over- supersede the fact you have no faith. He can supersede the fact that your faith's in the wrong thing or that your faith is mistimed. It's going to happen someday. It's not going to happen today. None of those things stop Jesus in that story. And and so the, the statement becomes, to me, doubly fascinating. That though a man is dead, if he believes, though he's dead, he can live. And I know you could say, well, Jesus didn't mean that the dead man believes. He means that if you believe, then you die, then you'll live. It's not what he means because he goes on to say he shall never die. So a man who is dead can believe and then never die. And yet people die like crazy since Jesus said that. And so what we're left with is the understanding that when Jesus talks about death, he's talking about a spiritual condition that we have death abolished having entered into his death. Here's the fascinating irony about Christianity Jesus conquers death not by beating up on death, not by taking death to the mat and elbowing it and going, ha-ha, you can't beat me. If that's how he did it, he'd still be here in the natural realm because he would be beating death. We call this cheating death in today's vernacular. If someone's does something stupid that should have killed them, you know they make they, you know, they jump off a cliff or something, and we go, this guy's cheating death. <laughs> and what we mean is he should have died, but he didn't. And then we'll make statements like, death always wins. What do we mean by that? We mean that no matter how healthy you are, no matter how good you eat, no matter how much you work out, no matter how many years you live, death always wins in the end everyone dies anyway you might die at 60 you might die at 120 but you die in the end death wins that's how we talk about death jesus beats death not by beat by still being alive 2000 years later he beats death by entering death he goes into death and he goes into it shockingly young we for what we know he's 33 ish There are some scholars that think he might have been in his 50s, but for all intents and purposes, it seems that he's in his early 30s. How does that make you beat death? Because by entering death, he can then resurrect and death lost. Because death thinks, if we were to personify it, that everyone that enters into it never gets back up. You go, well, what about people Jesus resurrected? They eventually went on to die. So that's not even what he's talking about. Because if Lazarus were still alive, then the man who is made alive, he shall never die. Lazarus should have never died. But life, Lazarus' resurrection becomes an illustrated sermon. Not the indication of what resurrection has to look like. And not what death has to look like. But death then is the spiritual condition. What if the the spiritual condition that Jesus overcomes in 2 Timothy 1.10... He has abolished death. What if the biblical prophecy of death being abolished is that Jesus invites us to enter into his death so that spiritual death never can beat us? It doesn't win. We've already met our death by going into his death and therefore we don't have to die in that realm of the spirit. And that might help us understand what the snake says to Eve because you shall not surely die. And maybe he's playing on, and of course that's written after the fact, maybe he's playing on the writer's understanding of death, which we is always my heart stop beating. But the snake goes, that's not the kind of death that's going to happen. Something to think about. And I got more because we're going to talk about the power of death tomorrow. And we're going to use an, a companion text in the New Testament. We'll see you then. God bless.